Hey, y'all. Welcome to another week of the podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Hollis, but you can call me Rach. I am back this week with the second part of this series on money, finances, wealth, all the words surrounding this topic, and got some really I think, cool things to consider and chat about today. But I just want to encourage you, this conversation is a two-parter. So if you have not listened to last week's episode, please go back and check that out because that really was the foundation of today's conversation. Uh, Just as a recap, we really dove into the idea that the finances you have in your life the amount of money you have or the amount of debt or the way you feel about money and finances and wealth and anything else is typically very tied to what you were taught to believe about those things as a child. And if you don't do the work to unpack them, you can unintentionally sabotage yourself when it comes to finances. So that was last week's conversation and I hope you'll go give it a listen before you jump in here. But we're going to continue our chat about this. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. You know, I was preparing to, I was like uh, doing notes and kind of um, writing things out in my notebook today to have this conversation with you today. And I just, I, I said it last week and I couldn't remember which episode it was, but episode 227 and 229 is a two part series on what we manifest. So if you haven't listened to those, I really want to encourage you go bookmark them. You can jump in after this conversation or whenever you have time. But it really is a better look at what we manifest throughout our lives, not just financially. And it might give you some some meat to chew on to take a deeper dive here. But essentially, I wanted to do a podcast on this topic because number one, I don't think it's something that women talk about enough. If you were raised in a similar home that I was, you were probably raised that it was inappropriate or rude to talk about money. And I think that really does a disservice to our children because they sure as hell are not teaching finances in school. Like the fact that I had to learn algebra, but nobody taught me how to do my taxes. The fact that I still remember Pythagorean theorem, but nobody taught me the difference between checking and savings and how to set a budget for myself. Like really critical life skills that nobody teaches us in school. But yes, let's please talk about the history of the state of Texas. That feels super important. Uh, It's just wild. It's super wild. But 
yeah, I didn't grow up in a home that talked about it. And so I really came into my adulthood very confused or with really limited views on how to handle my finances. And that definitely made me fearful. That fear caused me to make some significant financial mistakes in my life. And hey, guess what? That's how we learn. But I also just feel like it would have been so much better to learn. You know, I wish my parents had known. They didn't. And I wish they had known so they could teach me. And even now in conversations with friends, whatever your culture was definitely influenced what you thought about money. So my intention here is to help us to feel more comfortable with this conversation. And I am not, if you didn't listen to last week's, I'll tell you right, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't, I'm not going to tell you how to invest. I don't have any tips. I don't have any money savings tips. That's not it. This is really a bigger, wider sort of macro view of how can we embrace this concept more fully. My boyfriend is English. And I remember when we first started dating, we were talking about money. And I'm very, at this stage in my life, I'm very comfortable. I talk about finances. I talk about revenue. I'm very open with my friends who are entrepreneurs. This is how much I made last year. This is the mistakes that happen. This is like, we'll just talk about it all. Because I learned a long time ago that if you were surrounding yourself with people who were at your level of financials or even better, sort of where you want to be financially, and you can have an open, honest conversation, you can learn so much. So I remember we were probably on like our fourth date and we were talking about financials and he was so uncomfortable. (laughs) And like, just like his skin was crawling because where he grew up, you're in England, you're not typically going to sit around and have a real robust conversation on, you know, I was just like, well, what do you make a year? And like, what's your bonus? And he was like, oh my God. Um, But I just, why? I don't get it. Like, I don't understand why that's something that we're so afraid of. I think it's really helpful to know what's possible. You may have heard me tell this story before. I wrote about it in one of my books, but I went to a business conference years ago and I had this life-changing moment sitting next to this guy who was dressed. He sat down next to me and he was dressed like a beach bum. Like he looked like he had just left the beach. He looked like a surfer. And I had paid so much money to go to this business conference and I had paid extra. It was a birthday gift to myself and I had saved money for over a year and I like splurged and got VIP and this guy sits down next to me and my I'm like immediately my brain is like oh he he like snuck up to these seats like he's one of those people that just are super daring and he came and sat up here even though he's not supposed to be in these seats and i make up this whole story in my head about this guy who is like cheating the system and has taken the seat and at some point we have to do a an activity with our neighbor and he ends up being the person that I do this activity with and he was the owner of Spiritual Gangster which if you're not familiar Spiritual Gangster is this really cool line of like yoga and athletic apparel and they're really creative and they're really fun and he was sort of the dream because he was like a hippie and he was totally himself and he was making so much money. And 
I, number one, don't judge a book by its cover, but number two, in that conversation, he was so generous and honest with me. And he was like, oh, what's your revenue? And I could not believe that he just point blank asked me to tell him how much money I was making. I was just so shocked. I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, this basically up until that point in my life, financials were like a don't ask, don't tell. I had never had someone just point blank say like, and he was so casual about it. It wasn't even like a big deal. He was just like, hey, what was your revenue last year? And I was like, I don't know. I can't remember what it was at the time, like uh, $400,000 or whatever. And I will never forget. I was like, well, he was like, cool, cool. That's great. Like, good for you. And I was like, well, what, what's yours? Cause at the time I didn't, I still didn't know what company he owned. I still just thought he was like this random dude. And I said, well, what, what was your revenue last year? And he's like, oh, I think we did like 18.2 or something. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? He's like, oh yeah, eight, 18 million, which is great because honestly the year before we did like 14. So we're really proud of how much we jumped. And y'all, I had never in my whole life ever knew that just a regular average human being could own a company that made $18 million a year. Like in my brain, that was something that like, I'm using air quotes, even though you can't see me, that like a corporation could do. A corporation could make $18 million a year, but like this guy and like his staff of like 20, like 18, what? Plus even better, like on his terms, because he was at this very fancy business conference in like a t-shirt and ripped jeans with like messy hair, just living his best life. And it completely shifted what was possible for me. And that wouldn't have happened if someone hadn't been willing to be honest and talk about what was possible. So that's why. That's the intention behind this conversation. I don't think that there's any appropriate thing to aim for when it comes to finances. I think there's what makes sense to you. I think of our Start Today community, which is this collection of women mostly and a few good dudes all over the world who use our Start Today journal as this gratitude meets goal setting, right? And so every single day they're writing down the same goals and they're working towards these things. And having been part of this community with them for the last several years, I can tell you that it looks different to everybody. The financial hopes and dreams look different to everybody. Some people are, their big financial goal is to pay off their student loan debt. Some people, their their big financial goal is to be completely debt-free. Someone else wants to own a home. Someone else wants to take their kids on vacation. Someone else wants to make a million dollars in revenue with their business this year. It, it goes across the board. There's no right way to be. Some people want to make a bunch of money so they can give a bunch of money away or support their church or whatever. But the beauty of all of that is that we bring our own perspective on this to the party. And whatever it is you're hoping for, I believe in my heart that it's possible for you to have that. But you have to be conscious of where your limiting beliefs are, what decisions you make that negatively affect your ability to earn or save. There's just a lot that goes into it. So that's what we're doing today. 
So jumping right back on top of where we left off, you know, we ended last week's conversation with this idea that what you focus on, you create. So if you focus on the fact that your bills are never paid, there's never enough, the scarcity mindset, if you focus on that, you're just going to create a world with more of that. You're just going to create a world with more of that, right? You're just, if, if you think that, you know, people like us just can't get ahead and I'm not good with money and I'm never going to have a job that pays me enough, you're, you're just going to keep fulfilling this self-prophecy. You're just going to keep living into that truth. So the first piece when it comes to what we bring into our lives is knowing what you're focusing on. Your life, the life that you are living right now is 100% the result of the thoughts you were thinking six months ago. Like sit in that for a second. The thought process and the mindset that you had six months ago is why you are living the life you're living today. The choices that you made last week in terms of mindset and thought process are affecting where you are today. You cannot evolve in your life in any way. You can't evolve with your faith, your spirituality, your relationship, your ability to parent, your ability to finish those projects that you start or achieve your goals. None of that is possible with an old way of thinking. Louise Hay has this quote that I freaking love. I love it so much I keep quoting it lately. So it's very possible I told you this last week. But just in case I didn't, she has this quote I love. She's like, you would never go, you know how like after you eat dinner and you scrape the plate into the trash, you scrape sort of like the scraps of your dinner into the trash. She said, when you go to make dinner the next night, you would never go dig last night's scraps out of the trash can to make tonight's dinner. So why are you trying to live this life today with the scraps, the old thoughts, those things that didn't serve you? We're meant to take the pieces, the thought process, the mindset, the goodness, the f- take what works, take what works and leave the rest behind you. What you focus on, you create. The next piece that matters for this. And I want to go back into some of the teachings I did on manifesting. And I'm going to say it again, because even if you think manifesting is like woo woo hippie, whatever, I don't care. Go listen to episode 227 and 229. But I'm going to sort of like Cliff's notes it for you real quick. There's a three part process when it comes to the law of attraction. The first part is to ask You have to actually know what it is you want. So we start with a goal that we want to focus on. Let's say for you, it's I have $11,000 left in student loans and I want to be, I want to pay that off, right? So you're asking, I want to be debt free when it comes to my student loans. I want no student loan debt. That's what you're asking for. The second part of the law of attraction says you have to believe. You have to have faith that what you have asked for is on its way. So this part of law of attraction, I feel like tends to be a bit easier for people who grew up 
with some kind of faith. If you practice some kind of faith, and this is assuming that faith was never destroyed for you, then I hope that you have numerous experiences in your life where God provided, where the universe came through, where source showed up. And if you haven't, like if you haven't thought about those things or made a list of those things, I really want to encourage you to pull that into your gratitude practice. I want you to find examples in your life of things that have happened for you that could only be divine, that could only be just this perfect alignment of the cosmos, that could only be your creator making sure that you're okay. I believe, you don't have to share this belief, but I believe that we all have examples of that, but oftentimes we don't slow down to appreciate them which I think is also really dangerous when it comes to if you want to attract more goodness into your life, if you want to attract more abundance, if you want to have more things to feel grateful for, but you're not ever acknowledging what has already happened, there's going to be a disconnect there because you're forever going to have a scarcity mindset. You're forever going to feel like, oh, well, nothing good ever happens to me if you don't stop to acknowledge the goodness that has already occurred. So the first part is asking and asking with specificity. I want my student loan debt paid off or it will cost $5,000 for me to go on this amazing European vacation all summer long. I'm making this up, guys. But but there's specificity. I want $5,000 or I want to pay off my loans or I want to be able to donate $200 to this organization that I'm passionate about. Like the, the price, the amount of money is not important. What's important is that there is energetically, like that it's something that makes you excited right? there, There's emotion attached to whatever you're asking for. And then you're holding on to the belief that it's on its way. That, hey, I don't know how and I don't know when, but I am confident that I will be taken care of in this way. The belief part is so crucial. And the only way I can tell you to really have that belief stick is through a gratitude practice. I know. It's like the freaking, it's the number one advice I give you guys. I know. But I have seen this transform so many lives and it has transformed my life. Doing a daily gratitude practice for years makes it impossible for me to not be aware of how unbelievably blessed I am. Even in the hardest seasons, I am so blessed. And what I'm seeing, what I'm doing in my gratitude practice is like all of the times that I have been taking care of that like, oh, remember this thing that I was so worried about? Like I was so worried about that thing and like, damn, that worked out. It works out. It Someone always comes through this at the 11th hour, like things always happen to remind me that I am uplifted by something greater than myself. So ask, believe, and then the third one, which is typically the hardest for people, receive. Or I like to use the word allow. So 
the in law of attraction, the steps are ask, believe, receive. But I like allow because it's a reminder for me that this is out of my control. This is out of my control. If I have faith that I will be taken care of, that I will find a way, that if I do good work, if I show up well, if I learn from my mistakes, if I grow in my knowledge and like figure out new things in my business or become you know, more value add to the things in my life that are providing me with finances and resources. Like, I just think that that's going to continue to grow. And I have faith. And the allowing piece is where you battle your scarcity mindset. I talked about this in last week's episode that oftentimes people are like, let's say, let's take it away from money for a second. Let's take it to another place that can be really (laughs) emotionally triggering for people. And that's relationships, love. You know, I hear women say this all the time. They're like, why am I still single? Like I've worked on myself. Like I've done these things. I go out, I make friends. And I, Rachel, I am manifesting the man of my dreams. And like, I'll, you know, and I believe that it's coming, but like, where is he? But the thing is, if you're focusing on where something is, then you're focusing on its absence. It's the same with money. It's the same with the job of your dreams. It's the same with anything in your life. If you're thinking about the fact that you don't have it yet, you're reinforcing to the universe that that's what you want. Remember that Tony Robbins quote I told you guys about? Where focus goes, energy flows. You are putting energy into the fact that you don't have this thing. You're putting energy into the fact that you always struggle financially, right? You're worrying about it. You're stressing about it. But I know this is hard, but it's impossible for you to say that you have faith. Let's just, let's take this from a strictly, I'm going to use the word God because that's just the easiest right now, but put anything you want into that word creator, source, universe, whatever you call that. I'm going to call it God. It's impossible to say that you have trust and faith in God and have that be real and also be worried. And and that's not a slight against you guys. That's not a that's not something to make you feel shame. Because certainly many times in my life I should have had faith and I had anxiety instead. And I used to get so pissed when I would hear pastors or people say like, oh, well, if you had real faith in God, you wouldn't have anxiety. And I'm like, well, fuck you. You don't know my genetics and my chemical makeup. <laughs> so that's not, it's not why I'm saying that at all. But I do want you to question if you believe that you have faith in something happening, but you're also still scared you also still have fear. You also still have anxiety. The only reason I pointed out is that that's a really good opportunity for you to go back to some gratitude work. And hey, believe me, I know what it feels like to have your electric shut off, your phone shut off, you know, like the bill collectors calling, the car repossessed. Oh my God. Like I know what that feels like. And you couldn't have told me anything about having faith at that time. But I feel like, damn, if someone had taught me this when I was 19 years old and freaking making no money and constantly overdrafting my account and all of those things, like if someone had explained this concept to me back then, 
my Lord, where would I be today? For whatever it's worth, I just want you to ask yourself, ask, let, let's go through it one more time. Ask, believe, allow. Which part of that sequence do you feel like you struggle with? Maybe more than one. But that's a really good place to start. And if you want to take a deeper dive, start with episode 227, which is all about manifesting. In those episodes, I had, I, I created a challenge for the community because I wanted to prove to them that this happened. So I was like, let's do an experiment. I know that this is real. I, I know that this is real, but let me prove it to you. So I was like, guys, I want to do a $10 challenge. I want to challenge listeners of this podcast who are all over the world to ask the universe to give them $10. Believe that $10 is going to happen and then let me know when it does. And the freaking reaction, you maybe even heard, we ended up, there were so many people who called into the hotline to tell us their stories about the $10 challenge that we ended up turning them into episodes of the show because the, res the results were so amazing and people were so shocked that it happened. So just so you know, the idea was somehow in the next week, the universe is going to give you 10 bucks. Maybe you're going to find it laying on the ground. What happened more often than not is that people got $10 in really unexpected ways. Grandma sent them a birthday card or, you know, the gas company sent them a note. They got a letter in the mail saying that they had been overcharged. And actually, very rarely did people just get 10. 95% of people who called in got more than 10 bucks. It was like, oh my gosh, 43 or, you know, I went to go get lunch and I didn't have my wallet and I was so embarrassed because I had waited in line. And then the deli owner was like, oh, I got you. No worries. And then they walked out with their lunch and realized that the lunch was exactly 10 bucks. Like it was stuff like that where it was like, holy crap, this is happening all the time because I trusted that it was on its way. It honestly, you guys like don't roll your eyes at me. Go listen to those episodes because it's, it wasn't even me. It was just my experiment to the audience and it worked because it works. When I was first really taking a deep dive in this process and I was doing meditations and I was just trying because I, I realized I had gotten into a really bad scarcity mindset when it came to money. And so um, over a year ago, I was really taking a deep dive on this subject and wanted to change my fear around money. And I told you guys last week I was struggling because I was going through a divorce and it was really the first time in my adult life that I was like, holy crap, I, I, you know, I'm using air quotes like, oh, I'm not good with money and I'm not, I'm really good at making money, but I'm not good at managing money. And what am I going to do without, you know, a husband to help me and just all sorts of crazy fears. So I did a lot of work on that subject. And I was in Hawaii by myself doing some, some work on me. And I was learning about this and I was doing this meditation every day about sort of learning to not be afraid of money, which maybe sounds so silly, but some of you are going to understand that. And I realized I like completely shifted my perspective on 
finance and really looked at how I handle and, and sort of exist energetically with money in a totally different way. And what I realize, what I believe in my heart is I continue to have financial success for a lot of reasons, like work hard, blah, 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 right? Like try and create great content, try and serve this community. And I have, I get paid because of that. But I believe that the reason I continue to have financial success is because I keep giving the money away. And this is no BS. Like I donate to so many causes I believe in, big sums of money. But beyond that, I'm very, I know it sounds like a douchebag because I'm talking about myself, but I feel very confident that if any of my friends are here or my family, they would agree. I'm very generous. I always pick up the tab. I, I take all my friends on vacation. I take all my family on vacation. I pay, I mean, I have continuously, it's like as I've, I don't know how to explain this, like as I've gotten financially successful, I've used that money to take care of others and to bless others. And I believe that I have the financial success I have because the universe knows that I will just put that money back out to good use. Like I'm a I'm a good steward of that money. I use it to help other people and so I think that because I'm a conduit for generosity that I continue to be blessed. So I was I had this like epiphany like, "Oh, that's why I have been so lucky in this way is because I try and use that to make other people feel like they're lucky, right? Or I try and like support organizations that really need it. So I was doing this work. I'm here in Hawaii and I was walking down the road that day, kind of just chewing on this thought. And I swear, like I I literally was like, okay, I'm going to, money's going to keep coming to me, whatever. I'm walking down the street and I find a wallet on the sidewalk. Like nobody's around. Here's this fat wallet. And I just start laughing because I'm like, okay, this is hilarious. And I pick the wallet up. I find the ID of the guy and see that it's on the street, but like much further down from where I am. Go back to where I'm staying, figure out where this person lives. And I'm kind of laughing the whole time because there's like, money in the wallet. There's a very large check in the wallet because I was like trying to find this guy's ID. So I saw obviously what was in the wallet. And I'm like, I had just had this realization that the universe gives me money because it knows that I'll be a good steward. And here I have this wallet and I'm like, I'm about to be a good steward because I'm about to go track this guy down and give his wallet back. And it was so, I'm not even going to lie, you guys, I was single at the time. And so I was like, oh, is this how I'm about to like meet some cute guy? Because he did look pretty cute in the ID photo. I'm not going to lie. So I drive down the street, go find, and I see this guy like walking up the street on the phone. And I pulled that, pull, I roll the window down. I'm like, hi, are you, I can't even remember his name. Like, are you so-and-so? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, oh, I found your wallet. He's like, oh my God, oh my God. He was on the phone with the credit card company trying to cancel everything. He was so sick to his stomach. He's like, I was, he had bought his wife a bike and he was like riding the bike. Also when he said he had a wife, I was like, well, there goes my plan. But he had bought his wife a bike and when he was 
biking home, the wallet had fallen out of his pocket. And it was a Christmas gift and it was close to Christmas and he was like so stressed out and all of it. And I just thought it was such a beautiful example. It was such a beautiful manifestation of this like realization that I had had. Which brings me to my next piece of advice when it comes to wanting to have abundance. And that is you give the abundance away. Truly, really, you give the abundance away. Because in my opinion, there is no greater example of faith that you will be taking care of financially than you taking care of others. And I don't mean that you give the money away like, oh, you go buy some Yeezys, right? I don't mean that you go spend it, that you go make stupid choices because, oh, that's that's a really great way to get into debt, right? Like, oh, I'm going to go put this on the credit card because don't worry, there'll be more. Frankly, I think if you're spending, if you have a spending problem like that where you're constantly going into debt because you're shopping, that actually is a scarcity mindset. It's not an abundant mindset. There's something almost manic in needing to continue to buy because you're worried it's going to run out. So I do feel like a generous spirit is one of the greatest ways that you can have faith when it comes to financials. And I just want to encourage you, you know what? Like my, I, I think of my grandma, like my grandma was my, both obviously my grandparents together were quite poor. But I think of my grandma and her donating to things that she really believed in and cared about. And for her, $20 was a huge amount of money to donate. And for you, maybe it's a huge amount of money to donate. It's like that's you showing your faith. Or you just do things. I want to encourage you to do things that you have an emotional attachment to that you feel really good about. I think this is something that women especially struggle with is that they have guilt over even wanting to have more money. And I got to be honest, I haven't yet met a woman who's like, oh, I want to have more money so I can buy a Maserati. It's usually dudes who have those kind of financial goals. The women that I meet who are like, I want to make more money or I want my business to do half a million dollars or I want to do $20 million, whatever, it's always because they want to take care of other people. I was at a mastermind years ago, and it was when I had finally started to make a lot of money. And I had a lot of guilt about it because I sort of thought, well, oh my, I, I wanted, to, I was like, this is crazy and who needs this much? And I, I probably should not work anymore because it, it, how dare I even continue to make money when I already have more than enough to take care of my family. And, oh, I'm trying to remember who said it because I'd love to give them credit for this. I don't remember which like incredible human sitting around this table said it. But essentially he was like, I want you to think of money. Like the money is out there in the world, right? Like it's it's circulating right now. He's like, I want you to imagine the money that's out there in the world. Like he pulled a dollar out of his pocket. He was like, imagine it like this dollar. He said, if you have this dollar, you know what you're going to do with it. You're going to give it to causes you believe in. You're going to use it to help other people. You're going to use it to pay for your kids to go to college, fill in the blank. But you know how you'll be a steward of this dollar. And the dollar's there no matter what. You don't know how someone else might be how someone else might use that money. 
So don't be afraid or don't have guilt about wanting to have more because my instinct is like, you have not made it this far in this podcast if you were over here just wanting to do things only for yourself or just wanting to use it to like buy hookers and blow. There's no way that we're still here having this conversation if that's your intention with money. My assumption is that you want to help yourself, you want to help your family, you want to help your community. And it's scientifically proven, shown again and again and again, especially, no, not even especially, just straight up with women. If you look the world over, there's there's this incredible book called Women Hold Up Half the Sky. If you've never read it, please do. But it's the idea that when a woman has financial resources, she lifts up whole communities. When women have financial resources, they use it to help their family, help the community, help the city. It goes wider and wider. And when men have money, they use it for themselves. And I'm not saying every guy, obviously. But if you look at the world, if you look at developing nations, this is something that happens again and again. So I just want you to believe that whatever your financial goals are, there's a way for you to have them. There's a way for you to experience those. And if you're not hurting anybody with what you're wanting, then go for it. But I do think that I just, I can't encourage it enough that your generosity and your willingness to help others when you have experienced success is a huge indicator that you will continue to get more. And not people who donate just to like get the tax write-off or people who donate just to like have the optics of that or people who donate, but they're doing it kind of begrudgingly. No, you do it with a happy heart. And I believe you will continue to be blessed in that way. The last little piece that I wanted to say here when it comes to financials is how important visualization is, how important it is to be able to see really clearly. I'm sure you've heard me say this before, like a movie playing in your mind, what life will look like when you have this thing that you want. Like what is life going to look like when you have your student loan debt paid off. And I want you to visualize it and experience it like it's real. Like, oh, the relief that I'll have, the freedom, you know, I won't have to keep making payments, which means I'll have some extra cash. I could take, you know, I can go bring coffee to my coworkers or I can take my best friend to dinner or uh, you need to really see and attach good feeling emotions to the image that you have in your mind. Because it's really powerful to give your mind, to give your thoughts a place to land. This is what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to feel like. And I don't usually tell you this, but when it comes to this type of visualization and wanting to have positive emotions, I would really encourage you to have a song. Okay, now just like bear with me. I think that there are, at least for me, there are songs that feel like really strong, like make me feel like, oh, life's going to be great and the future is bright and 
I'm so excited to be alive and all of those things. And one of them I'll give you, I actually have a playlist. I don't think it's public, but I have a playlist on my Spotify. I literally songs for manifesting. Yeah, it's not, it's not public. So it's, but it's only like six songs that really make me feel like, okay, this is, you know, like, yes, I'm going to imagine how this is going to be while listening to the song. And then I'm creating this sort of emotional trigger for myself. And anytime this song comes on, I am reminded I'm creating this feeling. I'm pushing this vibration out into the world. So I'll, I'll tell you what's on here because it's literally only six. Uh, the song Geronimo by Shepard. There's nothing really about manifesting that, but that song just makes me feel like, yeah, let's go. Anything Could Happen by Ellie Goulding. I mean, if you think about it, it's really good manifesting song. Like anything can happen. Uh, good Life by One Republic and One Foot by Walk the Moon. So if you go listen to those songs, you'd be like, yeah. But my number one manifesting a bright and beautiful future, my number one song is Viva La Vida by Coldplay. And I don't know what it is. It's like the beat and that song's so vibrant and I just love it. And so... A bajillion times I have done a, a visualization meditation about a future goal or the life I'm going to have or how fun it's going to be or this, that, and the other thing to the song Viva La Vida. And I'll tell you that I had the most magical experience this summer to that song. And at the risk of sounding like the story I'm going to tell is like pretty douchey. I'm just going to let you know right now. But it wasn't something that I could even like have pulled off. It feels pretty divine to me. It's one of those experiences where I'm like, oh my God, the universe just hooked me up right now. So I had been doing, that had been my song for manifesting and visualizing. And then I, it was summertime. And if you haven't internet stalked and don't know this, my boyfriend is a tour manager and he's manages a pretty big artist. And they were doing this big concert that had like so many artists. It was so sick. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I should go because he was going to be in New York. And I'm like, oh, I should go. And my two oldest boys had never been to a concert before. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Like I'm going to take Jackson and Sawyer. We're going to go to this concert and Boo Thing's going to be there and that'll be fun. And we like go to dinner and whatever. So I was telling him, I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to take the boys and go to this concert. He was like, oh my God, like you're not buying tickets to this concert. Like I, well, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to be difficult because I, I just, I don't want to be trouble. And he was like, you're, don't be dumb. Like, this is what I do. We'll take care of you. Like you can go to this concert. So I'm like, okay, cool. So we go to this concert and it was pretty ridiculously for these boys first concert, like VIP to this insane show. I mean, you guys, this lineup was, I, I'm trying to even remember every artist who was performing. It was Lizzo. It was Jennifer Lopez. It was Shawn Mendes. It was Camila Cabello. It was, oh, I'm like blanking on how many amazing people. It would just, it was one of those things where each artist does like five songs and it was uh, raising money for some, it was so freaking great. And there were like a billion more people I can't remember right now. And the headliner was Coldplay. So everyone is performing. Oh, Billie Eilish. I'm, I'm like, they, 
names keep occurring to me. It was just sick. And my boys definitely thought I was the coolest human ever because here we are at this experience and uh, it's the end of the night and we were sort of wrapping up kind of before Coldplay had come on because we were obviously there with a different crew and so we needed to leave and I was like really bummed because I really wanted to see Coldplay and I I love them and I just thought oh my god Chris Martin's gonna be amazing I'd never seen them perform before and it was like oh hey we're gonna go out and we're gonna watch Coldplay for a minute before we take off and so I'm following this crew of people with my boys and this crew of people that I'm following is like some of the biggest pop stars in the world and they're just like mom what are we doing here right now. And I'm like, you guys, I have literally no idea how we're here. And so we're walking out with this crew and we're going to this, like, it's not even the VIP area. It's the, like, if you're a celebrity, you're in this area. So nobody will harass you. So it's right by the stage. It's this incredible view. And we listened to a few songs. Coldplay is freaking amazing. And, and it was like, okay, we have to go. Cause basically we're either leaving now or we're going to be stuck in this venue all night. So we're following them back out. And on the way back out, I'm walking by the stage, like I'm to the right of the stage and they start playing Viva La Vida. And I was like, in my brain, I'm like, uh, you, I will get left here. Like, I don't, I will miss the car. That's going to take us out of this venue. I will leave this place. And I grab Jackson and Sawyer and it's just the three of us on the side of the stage dancing our hearts out to Viva La Vida. And I have no idea how I am lucky enough to get to experience this moment, these incredible artists, this amazing energy. I'm getting to experience it with my children. And it is set to the soundtrack of this song I have been using to visualize for a year. And it just was so magical. It wasn't like, oh, a billion dollars or whatever. And honestly, you guys, the abundance, it never is a million dollars. It's life experiences that are just divine. And I swear to you, without any conversation from me, Every time that song comes on or every time it's on the radio or in passing, my 13-year-old always says, Mom, do you remember how this song came on and we stopped and we danced together by the side of the stage? Oh, my cry. It was magic. And I just, uh, uh, maybe I'm cheesy and maybe you disagree, but I just believe that when you believe there's goodness, when you believe in magic, when you believe that you're going to get experiences and you just keep putting energy, you keep practicing gratitude, you keep putting goodness out into the world and loving other people well, and you just get these moments. I understand that moment is pretty ridiculous, but I couldn't believe that all of these things just sort of came together like a key and a lock to allow me to have this beautiful experience with my kids, all set to the soundtrack of Coldplay. So maybe consider pulling some music into your visualization practice because the most important thing when you are visualizing the outcome, the goal, the future that you want to create, it's not what you can see. It's what you feel 
while you're looking at it. Okay, guys, I really hope that that was helpful. I really hope it gave you a couple ideas at least to chew on and maybe those ideas will help you, you know, get a book or listen to a different podcast or maybe get another teacher, watch a YouTube video, just explore a bit more. If you enjoyed this, I would so appreciate if you would subscribe to the podcast. Really helps podcast hosts when you subscribe to their shows. And if you dug it, share it on social, tag me, or uh, just send it directly to a friend. If you have a friend you feel like really needs to hear this so you guys can grab coffee and then have a conversation about money and finances and dreams and the whole deal, go ahead and send it along. I will be back next week for another episode. All the links to all the things are in the show notes if you want to take a deeper dive. And until I see you again or talk to you again, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Sterling Coates and edited by Andrew Weller.